All right, all right. <clears throat> My voice is sounding strange. Welcome back to Tomboy Official. Welcome back to the podcast. I just recorded 20 whole minutes that I think let me start over. <laughs> I went 20 minutes off of topic and that's fine. I just let me focus. So I wanted to talk about trans representation, non-binary representation, basically non-cis representation um uh got some stories so um I'm trying to start with the important part but my mind just wants to go absolutely everywhere right now um so let me just write a couple notes so that I know what to come back to um Uh, okay, so now that I wrote that down, I can move on. So, um, so I want to talk about Leo Shang from The L Word. Uh, he pronounces his name Leo Shang. He says that uh, most Mandarin speakers would actually say Shung, but he says Shang. And so he says that's how he introduces himself. And so I will say Shang. And so Leo Shang is from the L word, Generation Q, also had a role in Matrix. I think, was it Matrix? Reloaded, which Matrix was it? It was one of the Matrix movies. Um, Leo Shang is a queer, trans, male, Chinese American. He's an actor currently living in LA. He went to school for social work and was raised by two adoptive mothers, um, who I believe were social workers. Um, and he is from China, uh, adopted into the U.S. by non-Chinese mothers. Um, and so, um, Leo Shang talked on Ashley Gavin's podcast about, um... some very important topics and um for people who don't know Ashley Gavin check her out Um, I'm gonna put a link to the episode that I'm talking about where uh Ashley Gavin uh had an interview uh on her podcast we're having gay sex with um Leo Shang in that episode and back then uh Gara Lawning was doing you know the co-hosting so we'll talk a little bit about Gara Lawning as well um Gara is um Gara identifies uh with pronouns they them trans masculine non-binary white um 
I think Garrett lives in New York. Um, Ashley Gavin lives in New York as well. And so talking about some of the topics that Leo Shang brought up. um, So he was talking a lot about traveling documentation for a trans person and just documentation uh, required for trans people and how, you know, people who don't really need to think about documentation, uh, papers, further identification and things like that, that really is a form of privilege. Um, so there was some aspect of, uh, talking about privilege. And so, um, so, uh, Leo Shang in that episode also talks about traveling with a significant other, um, and talks about his dating preferences, um, and yeah, I'm going to post that Ashley Gavin episode, um, around 23 minutes is when he starts talking, um, about these types of topics, um, but then there's other topics in there too, Gary Lonning has topics, um, about dating and, or not dating, but about, um, like, working, uh, in perf- like stage performance and Ashley Gavin has some stories about, you know, um, a scuba instructor who was hitting on her girlfriend. Um, I guess it was a cis male, um, likely straight, um, scuba instructor who was hitting on her girlfriend and actually asked if the girlfriend was wanting to have sex with him. Like this was like after I think after they had left and through Facebook (laughs) um I don't really know what to say uh but yeah I went off on a 10 minute rant about that earlier and then got a little bit sidetracked with some other topics so I'm trying to stay on topic to talk about this uh these important topics for like trans and non-binary people um so this isn't too extensive uh there's definitely more that I haven't thought of more that I haven't experienced more that I don't know about um haven't been educated about or come across uh but I mostly wanted to talk about Leo Shang and his um discussion um he did talk earlier in that episode about somewhat about dating so I'm gonna actually move that um section um sorry I'm like editing notes as I'm talking so um So, okay, because I want it to be in a certain order, and I'm kind of like, it bothers me. It bothers me when I'm looking at my notes, and they're not in in the order that I want them to be in. I have enough trouble focusing as it is. Um, 
So yeah, getting into the main topic, um, just mainly talking about, in a way, travel. So travel, um, as well, you know, travel requires documentation. Usually, if you're leaving your house of in any form, even just going across the street, you know, you're likely going to carry an ID on you. Um, I never really liked leaving, like, even to, like, exercise or something or go to the beach or something. I never, or just, like, drive or whatever. I've never liked not having ID on me because, you know, what if you get, um, like, not to be morbid, but, like, what if you get in an accident? I mean, like, you know, maybe if you can't talk or something happens, you know, you want to be identifiable, I would think. Um, and that's maybe the easiest way is to have a, at least an ID on you. Like, I remember when I used to, I I never was really into running, running, but I remember I, I would used to kind of go out to, like, hike slash run at the beach and stuff. And I don't know if you remember, I don't know, they probably still have these. I think they still have them, I just don't use it. It's like that armband where you can kind of strap in your, your phone uh, to your arm so you don't have to rely on pockets. And then, you know, I think I had one where you could fit like a key. You could fit like a key, your um, um, what was it? You could fit a key, your um, like an ID, maybe like a credit card, like you could fit some little stuff in there. Um, or, you know, they have those little like fanny packs or the little running pouches and stuff where you can like keep your stuff. Like usually you're going to need to find a way, uh, you know, to keep your stuff. And I have the same issue at the beach, you know, I don't like leaving my stuff out on the sand and just jumping in the water if I'm the only one there. So usually what I do is I just bring uh, my backup ID and a, the car key um, and I leave all my other keys and stuff in the in the car. And then, you know, if I know I'm just going to go swimming kind of by myself, you know. But yeah, like you usually wouldn't even I don't know I don't know if people travel without an ID like on purpose but I've never really traveled on purpose other than like when I forget my wallet or when I'm just like ah whatever I'm just gonna go across the street real quick and like grab something and like maybe I won't bring my ID but it's like usually like when I'm thinking it through like just for safety reasons I think I bring my ID and I think most people bring their ID. So even when you're not going to use your ID, you usually have it on you just in case you have to use it. Um, But yeah, Leo Shang was talking about some really important factors. And um, by the way, I really love his character, Micah, on on the L word Gen Q. Um, I think Leo's probably my favorite character other than Shane. Um, but just for different reasons. Um, and then, so let's see. Uh, sorry, I have to move one more thing. 
thing. All right. All right. All right. All right. So, Leo Shang talked about um, how this, uh, the process of getting ID, documentation, government forms, changing like official paperwork, all those things, you know, it's an extensive and expensive process. And, you know, there is privilege involved um, that he mentioned with, you know, being perceived as cis. Um, so a person who's perceived as cis, basically, whatever your birth certificate says you are, like if it says you're, you're male, born, born a male, and if you look male, you know, that's basically, you would have cis passing privilege. Um, so even for trans people, they can have cis privilege, cis passing privilege, or cis perceived privilege. I think I like the word perceived more than passing, because passing is, it kind of implies a lot of things. Like, you don't necessarily have to be passing to be, like, more trans or more, like, you know, um, like, a better quality or anything, like, you know, um, a lot of things are internal, uh, to your, to your own full self, and the external things that can be changed, or not changed, I mean, that's completely up to the individual person, um, I mean, I'm not really talking too much about myself at the moment in this episode, but I would say just from my own experience, I've had easier times at least going on dates with people who are perceived as cis gender. Um, Even when I have kind of dated, like, people that weren't trans but kind of you know were more androgynous presenting in some shape or form um it just it's just a lot it's a lot to deal with um it can be a lot to deal with not necessarily with that specific date of a person but more so society and just all the complexities of things that happen in society just as you know somebody sees you for a certain way like um yeah so um There is that sense of, of privilege that Leo was mentioning and, um, you know, I mean, it's privilege to a certain extent, um, 
I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say that, that trans people have privilege necessarily, but it's like, I mean, if you're comparing, like, different types of perception, you know, how people perceive someone just kind of in passing or when they don't really know them too well, um, you're likely going to have a lot less hassle when things are just straightforward about you and others don't have to think about it, you know, um, if a cop knows what race you are, it's going to help you to some extent, um, if you're a black person, but you don't look as dark, you're likely going to have certain kind of privilege to some extent with, with police overall, but maybe if you live in a black community or hang out at like a black church or something like that, you might face a lot of prejudice for being a light-skinned black person. So it's kind of like, it kind of just depends on the scenarios, the situations that a person's faced with. Um, it's kind of like, it's hard to really say, okay, you have privilege fully. Because it's like, yeah, in certain situations in passing, you know, people might not like bat an eye or like do a double take or anything but then it's like you know you might not fully like I I wouldn't really say that trans people have privilege um necessarily um but it's like if you're gonna say like who has more privilege in a situation where someone is perceived as cis versus not perceived as cis if you're perceived as anything that's kind of not too straightforward there might be less privilege there um but i mean it yeah i wouldn't really say that trans people have privilege um necessarily just like i wouldn't say that black people have privilege like it's kind of like it kind of depends where you are what you're doing what the situation what the scenario is overall you know, there's an overall system in place that's just not really there for it. Um, and so when it comes to what Leo was saying with um, government forms and privilege and um, being perceived as cis, um, there are things that come along such as, you know, legal name changes, birth certificate changes, um and that state to state these rules and laws and uh methods of you know getting through government forms and all that kind of stuff that changes state to state um I haven't even gotten into talking about rights yet I mean I do want to get to that but I'm still I've got a lot of research I'm doing but trans rights um Many states do not have rights and protection for employment and education and harassment and different types of things like that. Um, uh, abuse and violence and that kind of thing. Um, a lot of states don't have protection, like against forms of bashing and, you know, that kind of stuff. Like, it's just people just aren't protected. And so, um, let's see, um, I'm going through my notes here, 
So citizenship, so Leo mentioned citizenship papers, um, and then also needing a letter from a doctor um, that the sex is listed differently on the passport than on other documents. And so this was how Leo was describing his process of getting a passport, saying that he didn't get it up until a few years ago because of this whole process. Because, you know, you can't just walk in and get a passport. You know, you have to have your legal name changed before you can get your passport that says what you want your legal name to say. Um, You have to have your official birth certificate to be able to do that. Um, You have to have citizenship papers, uh, likely a green card, and, you know, um, you have to be a citizen in the U.S., um, to be able to get these types of government forms. Um, you're, you have to have a doctor that will sign off saying that the sex listed on your passport is different than on your birth certificate. Um, so Leo mentioned that during this process of trying to get a passport, his birth certificate still said F for female um, as the gender from birth. Um, he mentioned that, you know, when he got his driver's license, um, the people at the DMV or where I'm assuming it was the DMV, the people at the DMV automatically put M for male. Um, because, you know, Leo was, you know, perceived as a cis male, uh, and got, you know, an ID that says M for male. Um, so if you consider things like, you know, just looking at the situations, right? Looking at this from a distance, of how a person lives life. Like I already mentioned, right? Most of us likely wouldn't leave the house without an ID of some form. Just in case you need it. And that's just in case. You don't usually need it. Um, for example, the last time I went... Uh, well, not the last time. I, I mean, I've had my ID checked in multiple places. But very recently, I went with a close friend of mine... You know, we were shopping and they were buying some art supplies. And some of the art supplies, you know, they don't let just kids buy them because they might huff them or spray paint things or vandalize or whatever. And so they require an ID check. Like, just like when you go to, like, for example, Michael's, the arts and crafts store, you can't just buy you know, spray paint, or when you're a kid, you can't just buy a lighter, like, you know, you have to have a certain age limit, and I've even seen some places where you can't even buy C4, the uh, pre-workout, um, without NID, um, they keep it locked up, and you have to get an ID to be able to purchase it, 
um, 18 and older. And so, you know, basically when my friend was shopping, they had to check the ID and, you know, the cashier made a comment, um, about how different they looked because my friend is a trans person and, um, yeah, it was just, you know, it didn't go like far to some like strange kind of like situation, but it's like, usually people don't comment on your ID. Like, you know, if you're either perceived as cis or if your ID looks just like you, um, I mean, usually people aren't going to be like, oh, like, you know, I thought you were this gender, or I thought you were that gender, or, like, whatever. Like, usually they're looking at it for the age, you know, and they're usually not going to comment on anything. Um, and so, that's just casually shopping for groceries, or casually shopping for, you know, hobby, hobby and work supplies. You know, say you go somewhere in a store and you're going to buy beer you know, or gonna buy wine because you're gonna have a, a dinner party at your house or have some friends over or whatever. It's like things like that, you know, that are just like, you know, even if you are cisgender and perceived as cisgender, um, if you had a point in your life where you didn't maybe look just like your ID does now, like if you've maybe cut your hair to a certain style or, you know, you're taking something to grow facial hair because that's what you want or you've grown your hair longer or you're wearing makeup now or whatever it may be, even if you're not a trans person, you can still do whatever it is that you want to do and your ID might not look just like you know, somebody would expect, um, so, you know, just the process of, like, having to go through a double take, I mean, if people haven't been through those kind of double take experiences where somebody's, like, really looking at your ID more than they do the other ones, or kind of, like, they say, hold on, and they have to take your ID to the back, or you have to step aside in the line, and they have to, like, assess something about you, versus everybody else that you came to the to the event with in the group or whatever like there's always something that might come up that's like that where there's like something that happens where you're just like oh my gosh like you know and it definitely creates a lot of anxiety for people you know because I'm just thinking like how often you really use your ID like you you don't maybe have to use it all the time but that's what I'm saying like that you know you're you're likely not gonna like never use it like to try to avoid using your id i mean you can't go to the dispensary you can't buy you can't buy alcohol there's a lot of things that you can't buy or places you can't enter um i've even been at places where every like if one person's buying a drink everybody at the table has to show their id you know and then it's like okay you know and it's not even i'm not even talking just about you know driver's license or like your california id like i'm in california like your driver's license or california id or whatever um i'm talking about all of it like all of your whole thing um so um 
And I think that was something I really didn't know, that the doctor has to write a letter. I mean, what if your doctor doesn't want to write a letter? Because doctors don't all write letters for stuff. I mean, I've worked in mental health for a very long time now. Um, I'm hitting my seven-year mark this year. Um, It's going to be like nine years if you count, you know nine years just being like part of this company um and when you look at it uh when you look at um uh you know like the process for getting doctors to sign paperwork usually they'll sign like i don't know i've i've never had to i've never had to i've never gotten to um kind of um have doctors sign direct paperwork related to um um like trans or non-binary situations necessarily as far as like cuz the only paper I think that we had the doctor signing where I would have been in charge of like some form of like filling out something would be like general relief or SSI for disability, um, like a reduced rate, um, bus fare pass, uh, disability pass, um, like work disability, those, those EDD forms, um, our psychiatrists, um, at the time when I was working at this, at the sites, or where the psychiatrists were working. We don't have psychiatrists at this site. Um, they weren't responsible for that paperwork. Or they, if they were, I was never um, on a case where uh, I never had any direct clients that needed me to help with any of that process. Um, I did have trans clients. Um, I did have quite a few LGBT clients. Um, I'm pretty sure everybody at work knew, um, that I was gay, and I think a lot of my, uh, um, clients knew too. I just think they were pretty respectful about not really getting in my business about it. Um, I kind of, the reason why I'm pretty sure about it is because of the way they would ask me questions because they knew that I knew things, um... And so that is one way that I kind of, because like the way they would, I'm trying to like, I don't know if I can actually give an example, but the way my, I didn't have a whole lot of trans clients, but the way they would talk to me would be like, you know, what's up? Like they knew that I knew things, um, like uh, we mostly talked about their relationships. It was mostly relationships with their parents, relationships with their, you know, dates, um, and different things like that. But, um, um, yeah, I don't really want to go too much into it. Um,
Yeah, there really, there really wasn't enough support. Like, when I think back, I'm like, dude, if I was, like, the only one who kind of was, like, pretty aware, um, and I even know now, more now than I did then, and so I don't really think there was enough support at all, um, and... You know, in our assessments, we definitely wrote, you know, a lot of information about sexuality, gender identity. We reassess that every year. So, you know, people were open to that discussion. And I did kind of notice people kind of like questioning and maybe, um, you know, having some kind of reevaluation of things kind of later on. So I'll put it this way. I noticed people, not everybody, but like I noticed some clients having some questioning and reevaluating of their own identities um, as I worked with them after some years, like some clients I worked with for like five years or so. Um, so I do specifically remember some of them came in and they're like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm hetero and like, and the the options were even different back then, but, um, like, I'm hetero, and I'm, you know, I'm, you know, like, we weren't even really using the term cisgender, like, at the very beginning, I don't think, I don't know, um, I think the first time I heard the term cisgender was from a friend of mine who was on Facebook saying that they didn't like the terminology because it made it seem like hetero, uh, well, I guess you can't really say only hetero, but um, it makes it seem like, um, like, well, I think that's how they worded it, though, that hetero people were trying to, you know, claim a space in the LGBT identity by using cis, and that was taking away rights or identity or important issues from, you know, trans people or non-binary people um, somehow. Um, and at the time, I think I agreed. I was like, because I think the way they explained it was that, you know, um, hetero people are trying to get like a like change how you know the acronym like lgbtqia like all the like the lgbtq plus we're trying to change it to add like a c or something um i i don't know if that was i mean this is years ago guys this i mean it was being posted on facebook and so i don't even remember the last time i posted a thing on facebook so this is how long ago it was is that we were posting on facebook and i don't even use facebook so it was so long ago that i've forgotten the whole conversation but i think that's what it was talking about but anyways um yeah so leo leo going back to leo you know um you know, we start thinking about, 
you know, and we're not even only talking about IDs, but when you're talking about government documents, government forms, government identification, not just like your ID and driver's license. Um, you know, I was thinking about things, some of these things he was kind of mentioning, some of these things I was kind of thinking. It's like, think about when you move, you know, you need documents when you move. Um, you can't just like apply for something with no paperwork on yourself. Like you might not need your birth certificate, you might not need a passport, but you're going to need some form of identification, um, about yourself. Um, if you think about going to the bank and opening an account of some kind, um, you know, you're going to have to have some kind of identification. Um, if you think about the application processes for a new job, um, you know, I think it was Ashley Gavin that mentioned, you know, a lot of jobs, you know, even if you don't drive, you know, you still need to you might need, you know, proof that you can drive, proof that you have a driver's license, proof that you can travel. Um, you might need, um, you know, for housing applications, you might need certain things for moving across the state, across the country, um, to another country, you know, you're going to need certain paperwork. Um, and then he mentioned, you know, you know, the aspect of privilege, um, of actually having access to physical documents, um, like if you have a green card or, um, you know, the financial privilege aspect of, you know, all these things, if you need to get copies or other, like, additional documents, you know, this type of stuff costs money, it requires funds, um, Um, you know, requirements to have doctor involvement. Not everybody wants to be a part of the medical system, but if you're a trans person, you're likely going to be forced to deal with doctors. And depending where you live, that might not necessarily be ideal. Um, and... You know, you know, doctors can do some form of gatekeeping too. Um, where I don't know if gatekeeping is the right word. Um, I always assume gatekeeping is like they're keeping people out from contact with another person, like screening, like a screening system, kind of how a like a like an ad admin kind of is the gatekeeper of a clinic you know if the doctor doesn't want to talk to somebody you know they have to go through admin first um and so a gatekeeper so the doctors can be gatekeepers towards you know if a person gets access to certain signatures on certain things um, referrals, um, treatment, um, kind of recommendations, uh, disability aspect. I mean, imagine someone keeping you from getting your ID. Um, imagine someone keeping you from getting appropriate paperwork signed 
to a point where you can't even get a passport. I mean, I'm not saying that I know anyone who's been through that, but I mean, I'm pretty sure I do know someone, but I don't think they've mentioned it. Um, But I know people who have been denied housing, people who have been um, denied all kinds of things. Like, it's not even the same person over and over. These are like different people, you know. Uh, people are, you know, within their own comfort, you know, I have certain friends I can't hang out with <clears throat> in certain places because as the, of the, you know, potential for prejudice experiences and uh, for them to experience, unfortunately, and all that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, like, that's just some of the stuff that uh, Leo Shang mentioned um, you know, and just overall, you know, people getting kind of like involved in, in, in personal business, um, just if you think about how that goes, um, I mean, Yeah, so let's see. <clears throat> and so talking about Garlaning, um, so I think I mentioned but Garlaning, um I originally ran across Garlaning online as Ashley Gavin's co host on the We're Having Gay Sex podcast. Uh Garlaning goes by they them identifies as trans masculine non-binary and white um and gara is on instagram i think their um instagram is like gara ra 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 or something i don't know how many raws but there's a lot of raws so if you just look up something like that uh gara pops up a lot of kind of like quirky videos of um dancing around and just kind of real awkward stuff it's like funny creative cringy that's the best I can describe it but you know I always thought you know Gary had like a cute personality funny laugh really interesting uh smart intellectual things to say but joking around a lot um and talks a lot about gay sex like for sure um does a lot of banging and um interesting person to have on the show um and so uh we'll get back to talking about Garlaning um but for now that's kind of what I wanted to mention about Gara um and I think Ashley has had co-hosts so far other than one co-host that that she has right now um that I can't remember her name but um I think the other two co-hosts Kate Sisk um uh was still figuring out gender pronouns and then Maddie Weiner the current one still figuring out, you know, gender pronouns, and so, um, 
you know, Ashley Gavin seems to have, you know, people on the, on the, on, on her pod that, you know, you know, has, she has a lot of representation. Uh, a lot of the people might not maybe, um, have the, you know, they might not be perceived as cisgender, uh, or they might be perceived as, as cisgender, they might not be perceived as trans or non-binary or like, you know, that, you know, that they, you know, are questioning their, um, or undecided, or having undecided pronouns, um, that might not be obvious, um, but, um, that's how they, they, how they identify themselves when, you know, every episode when Ashley Gavin goes around and says, you know, you know, after the little bit of, you know, just kind of like joking around and stuff, they go around and they say like their pronouns and, you know, their preferred pronouns, how they identify their race or ethnicity, um, that kind of thing. Um, and I think that's pretty cool. Like, I don't really know many podcasts that just kind of introduce that way. Um, and so, yeah, Leo, Leo Shang went on to kind of talk more about dating. Um, so Leo mentioned, uh, dating a um, significant other, um, or, tra- sorry, traveling, traveling with a significant other, um, so it was at, at about the 23 minute mark that Leo started talking about different topics, and, um, started mentioning this trip, um, to South Carolina with a girlfriend, and the girlfriend was a Caucasian partner, and they went in South Carolina to this antique store where there were a lot of like Confederate flags and Nazi symbols and Nazi kind of figurines. Um, and the partner didn't really seem to notice that Leo was really uncomfortable there. Um, and, you know, that was that was kind of just a complicated, um, situation, like, um, I don't know, as far as dating is concerned, like, there's nothing, there's not really anything you can really do if you're just kind of, like, window shopping, pop up into town, you want to just check out different types of stores and shops, and you happen to go into, like, an antique store, you know, antiques are, like, used stuff, like, it's not quite a thrift store, but it's, like, it's somebody else's stuff, um, so, I mean, I've never really known for sure if antique stores were kind of, like, catering more towards, like, the locals who sell stuff to them, or do they, do they seek out the collections, um, or are they offered the collections? Like, I don't, I know how pawn shops work. I know how thrift stores work. I don't know how antique stores work. Um, cause I would think, okay, if you go into a pawn shop and there's a whole bunch of Nazi kind of stuff, you would think like, wow, there's a lot of local Nazis, 
you know, pawning stuff around here. Or if you went into a thrift store and saw a bunch of, like, Nazi stuff, you'd be like, wow, there's a lot of local people who are bringing in, like, Nazi things. Um, so I'm not sure if that's representative of a, of a population, um, in the area that's, you know, that has antiques, that's selling them to that antique store and that the antique store is like, oh, sure, yes, I'll try to resell this, um, or sell it at a profit. I don't really know, um, the process for that. So that would be something to maybe look into, but, um... I was thinking if it's local, then, you know, that is a, a little concerning, um, that there were, that there is a market for Nazi stuff and that somebody has a shop where there's a lot, like enough Nazi symbols and stuff for somebody to notice it, um, uh, like, I would say, like, if you walk in somewhere and there's, like, one or two, it's like, okay, like, maybe somebody was, like, getting rid of this stuff. But if you see, like, multiple walls full and, like, shelves full of stuff, it's like, whoa, like, what is up with this? You know, that would be a little weird. Um, but I don't know. Um... Maybe they got, like, a big shipment. Like, I don't really know how that works. But, yeah, for the partner to be kind of, like, unaware. And I believe this partner was a, um, a cis Caucasian woman. Because uh, Leo mentioned only dating cis women, mostly, um, in in his history up to the point that he was recording this episode. Um... And so, um, yeah, as far as the dating, um, and going out on a date and someone not really noticing discomfort, um, I think sometimes that's something that's maybe easy to do. Um, I mean, I've kind of noticed that with, I don't know. I'm kind of not really knowing if I really want to say, if I want to mention it, but, um, like, I wouldn't say that I date a lot of, like, straight women, it's not really that they're straight, like, they don't identify as straight, but their lifestyle is very straight, and other than the fact that maybe I met them at a gay bar or on a gay app, I probably wouldn't know otherwise. They might not have gay friends. Uh, they might not be out to their family at all or any of their friends. And they might just be living a straight um, existence. And I think that's something that I've experienced. Um, I don't think I've really experienced a lot of like people not understanding like ethnic and racial things uh I mean a little bit but not not to a point where it's like you know like it was like things that happened in passing that's like 
you know, I'm not gonna be too, um, uh, I don't know, like, I've, uh, I'm not really going there, but, um, yeah, I've definitely dated people that were in a very straight world and kind of just didn't really understand, you know, some discomfort with certain, like, really hetero environments. Um, not so much that they're hetero environments, but more so that it wasn't, like, clear ally environments and maybe stereotypically um, prejudice environments. Um, I've gone on dates with people kind of like that, that are kind of like, oh, why don't you want to go to this place? And it's kind of like, uh, I don't think that's a good idea, you know? <laughs> like, um, you know, certain, like, straight clubs where you have to, you know, if you're a female, you gotta wear, like, a dress or a skirt kind of thing. And so it's like, you know, certain things, like, just trying to, like, describe it to somebody who's not really too much of a part. Um, I mean, I've never been, like, invited to, like, a lingerie party or anything like that, but I'm just saying, like, you know, if I had a friend who was gonna, like, invite me to one of those, I'd be like, what, you know, what, you know, <laughs> like, um, like, I, I don't know, there's just certain, like, really, like, high femme culture type of stuff that I'm just, like, I, like, why would I want to do that, um, I don't want to do that, like, that doesn't sound appealing to me in any way, um, like, when people want to go get, like, makeovers and that kind of thing and, like, get makeup and all that kind of stuff, I'm just, like, not into it, um, like, like, I don't know, I'm, I'm into, like, uh, tribal, tribal face paint, that is kind of more, like, if I was gonna wear makeup, and if it wouldn't draw, like, attention in that way, I would probably just wear that. Like, that kind of appeals to me more than, like, makeup makeup. Or just, like, you know, I saw, um, Arrows do this, uh, before, where they had this, like, colored, kind of, like, neon-colored, um, facial, I guess it was technically a makeup, and it was, like, bright blue or bright green, and they would put, like, maybe, like, a mark next to one eye, and then just, like, some other couple marks other places on the face, and, like, it was a style of, like, makeup that was, like, it's not traditional, you're not doing eyeliner or lipstick or whatever, um, I found that, I was, like, I... I could, I could rock with that, like, I'm not really into lipstick and long lashes and all those other things, like, the only, the only place that has in my life is ASMR videos, that's the only thing I like, that's the only way that I learn hardly anything at all about makeup is through watching ASMR videos when people had the little, like, mascara brushes and all that kind of stuff, and I was like, what's that? thing like what's that sound and you would look through like the timestamps 
and it shows you like what they're using and I was like that's how I know what it's called um I didn't I, <laughs> I've never bought any of these things I've never purchased any of these things um I mean I'd be more likely to buy a power drill than like makeup in all honesty and I'd probably use it way more than I would use the makeup but um yeah that's one thing that I um um would probably have more of an appeal towards I just don't like I'm not like an attention seeking person too much and so I think um for me that would draw more attention than what I would want um but if I was going to play around with that kind of thing that would be my option I think the only time that I felt comfortable going to uh to a well it wasn't fully comfortable but partially comfortable was going to a makeup counter with a with a um with a trans date that wanted to go and try on like lipstick and stuff themselves not me doing it but I mean, they kind of totally understood the situation. And I remember another time when, I mean, I've talked about these before, where my dad took me and one of my cousins to buy perfume, uh, one of my female cousins to buy perfume. And I was just like, um, I don't want any. Like, <laughs> but it's like, on the other hand, it's like, of course, my dad's going to be offended because it's like, I'm I'm willing to spend like, a few hundred dollars on you buying like one of those like nice perfumes and stuff and I'm like I don't want it though like I don't want any of this like I don't want it um so it's kind of like I mean I like perfume but it's a little I don't like when it when it wears off that's the part I don't like but um there were some I like the Paris Hilton one um, from, like, this is, like, from, like, way back, the pink one, I don't know what, but it was, like, it smelled like cotton candy, kind of, there were some other ones that I really liked, uh, there was one, one of my favorite fragrances was in a magazine, and I can't remember what the magazine was, but it was my favorite fragrance, but I like lotions, I like lotion, and, like, I kind of like body spray, I like soap and lotion, and it's basically about as far as I'm really going to go. Maybe some body spray. I like hair products that smell nice. Other than that, I'm not really, like, um, too concerned <laughs> with, like, perfume and stuff. Uh, I appreciate it for what it is. But those types of things, I would say, if I went on a date, those would be the things that, for me, would be a little out of my comfort zone of, like you know, let's try on dresses, let's try on makeup, let's, yeah, you know, come to my friend's laundry party kind of thing, like, that. those kind of things are just not anything that I really would find fun or interesting at all, um, I don't, I don't, I don't, I just don't want to do it, um, and I, yeah, yeah, like, and even, like, going to certain, I don't know, it's really hard to explain, but going on a date 
with the female in a place that that is like um not very how should I say friendly not very queer friendly like there aren't a lot of places like that really but it's like um I just don't it's really hard to explain like you like there's not like a place that I can think of like like okay I wouldn't go there but it's like there's just certain stuff that it's like if you're perceived as a couple and you're two women and you're there um it's just a little um what is going on with these sirens (laughs) they sound like they're like drunk um (laughs) oh man like okay so say for example like a couple's massage right or like any kind of like couples couples uh trip like a like a day cruise kind of couple thing or like whatever um where it's not catering to gay people but it's like we're two women coming in here for this thing um you know you can get a little bit of pushback for certain stuff um So that would probably be my only real set of, like, experiences where, you know, there's been, like, discomfort or somebody not really noticing the discomfort usually has been with, like, cis women who kind of have a very kind of straight presenting lifestyle that just don't like involve themselves with a whole lot of gay cultural stuff and I mean that's fine I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it like you don't have to be like running around wearing like rainbows and glitter just to be like gay like like you don't have to wear a sign or have anything obviously like visibly gay about you um to be more gay than anybody else or whatever like none of that really it's not like a competition like but it does make a difference though it does make a difference when when people are kind of like aware of um um those types of situations where there's like people actually like you know um I don't want to say interfering but there's people who are kind of like um part of your ability to make decisions about certain stuff um and then leo mentioned um some interest in having relationships with non-cis women um because he has a history of you know, dating only cis women, and so non-cis women, um, you know, 
I wasn't sure if he meant trans or non-binary or, you know, non-gender or what, um, but, um, non-cis, basically, so someone who doesn't identify as a cis female, um, I mean, I, I I don't know. I like I like dating non cis people. Like I don't know if I if I would say that I prefer it. Like the only reason I would maybe say I I mean, okay, I'll say just if I don't know a person, I'm likely going to be a, more attracted to them if they're more like on the androgyny end of things. Um, to some extent, I mean, that's a broad, there's a broad range of androgyny, but, um, even just a little hint of it, I'd be more attracted than not, more attracted than, um, you know, just like in passing, like if I don't know anything about a person whatsoever, um, I'm definitely more attracted to, you know, that, but, um, I would say if I had to rely on, you know, dating only, you know, androgynous people or, you know, only people who, you know, had some kind of uh, non-cis type of presentation about themselves or, um, you know... Um, or thought about themselves or identity about themselves. Like, if I had to only date those people, I probably wouldn't date as much. Like, I'm not really doing a whole lot of dating lately, but I probably wouldn't date as much because um, I don't really find those people as often, I would say. Um, that just like directly have the identity that they talk about and they have labels and different things like that. But I would say it's not uncommon to find somebody, um, who has some aspects to their gender that they're, that they play with or that they're questioning or something along those lines. I definitely say that I come across quite a few people like once I get to know them I'm like oh yeah like they're totally like this or like that you know um I need to I need to blow out this candle cause it's uh I think it's messing with my sinuses I've had it on too long oh my gosh alright got a lot of smoke now um I think it was kind of messing with my sinuses a little bit. Um, but yeah, and then like I don't know, like dating dating people who aren't maybe fully identified as cis or maybe don't uh, present uh, fully, like, strictly within, like, a lot of gender rules, 
I tend to find them a little more relatable, or at least, even if we're not, like, doing the same exact stuff, they're usually, like, they can kind of, like, get, they're like, oh, I get it, you know, like, they're not like, oh, like, what, like, that's, oh, like, what, you know, like, they're not, like, confused, you know, (laughs) it doesn't take a lot to, uh, explain there's not a lot of like explaining um I mean there's definitely like conversations because like nothing's gonna be like fully obvious where it's like oh yeah I totally knew that about you but um they kind of get it that like oh like there's more to things sometimes and you can kind of like ask questions um and you know you kind of just get to know each other on um, that level of those types of things that go on, um, and so let me see, yeah, so, um, I guess one last thing, how long have I been yeah, I feel like I've been talking for over an hour. I definitely have been, but <laughs> that's how I feel too. Um, I'm like, man, my throat's a little, my throat's a little dry here. Um, and I feel like I've been like thinking for a while too, because my brain is kind of just like not all there. And get some water in me. Um, so. Ah, man, I'm blanking on this um, comedian's name. I think I've talked about this person before, too. Oh, my gosh. Um, um, Sorry, I have to look this up. I don't know if I'm going to be able to find it. I don't know if I'm going to be able to find it. Um, let me see. I'm going to, let me get, give me a few seconds to try to find this. Um, I'm not going to look too hard, but I have to actually look because I like to kind of mention people and what they say not just me like making it up um so i'm scrolling through ashley gavin's podcast to get to or try to see which uh episode it was that this one comedian was on um okay i found it finally oh my gosh irene too irene too last name spelled t-u so irene too talks about um i think i've mentioned this before too um airport security checks so irene kind of has this bit that's um related to um airport security and let me see if I can find that and I will post a link if I can find it 
Um, let me see. Yeah, TSA. Uh, the ones about TSA. So, and gender mix-up. So, Irene was saying that, you know, um, at TSA, at at the airport, um, they choose um, which gender a person seems like before they walk through the scanning. And so, um, usually... Um, what happens is for Irene, uh, because Irene is more mask presenting, usually Irene goes through the, the scan and gets, uh, asked to, you know, step out and then go back through it a second time and they go through it and usually you know it the the security has to set it for a female body setting because there's a difference between them scanning a male body versus a female body and so they just pick and then sometimes they choose wrong and then they pat you down um and or like it's either you go back through the scan or they pat you down and then they find you know body parts um if they're doing like a like pat down and they assume that you're male and then they pat your chest and it's like oh shoot like this is not a a man um it's not like a male contoured chest it's not you know there's something going on there um and I don't know, like, I, it was kind of funny, because I was just realizing, I was just like, you know, I always get pulled over by the security after I go through the scan, and they always do a pat down, and they're always checking my waist, and I don't know what that is about, it's not, I don't know if it's considered waist, because I wear my pants pretty low, like, I ride my pants pretty low, like, they're pretty dang low most of the time um and i probably mentioned on here too like the majority of the underwear i usually have are usually even even if they're not men's underwear they're usually like a certain cut like boy short cut or a certain type of cut they're not like the classic like victoria's secret like panty kind of situation um, I'm not saying I've never owned those or that I don't have any. I just am not very likely to wear them. Um, and, you know, I just know that those kind of underwear, like the female underwear, the thin, they usually have a, not all of them, but most of them have a really thin, um, a thin, uh, waistband compared to like guys underwear the the waistband is usually thicker even like guys like jockey briefs or like they have a thicker waistband it's usually like thicker elastic um you know boxer briefs usually have a waistband it's almost like an inch an inch 
um, thick, um, usually, like, not all the time, but a lot of times it might say, like, the name around it or something, um, and I'm not sure if that's what they're seeing, because usually I take off my belt and put my belt through the scanner because it has the metal piece on it, and so I'm usually not wearing a belt, and they always are, like, padding around my waist and I'm just kind of thinking like what are they looking for and it's all the time I'm like I don't understand what they're looking for um the only thing I can think is that like it's because my underwear thicker than maybe they would expect (laughs) like I don't know I don't know if they're checking that deeply but it's like I can't think of any other reason like I don't I mean I'm not like the thinnest person on earth but I've been pretty thin at other points in my life when I was a lot younger when I was super athletic and I was quite a thin person and they still were checking then too so I don't really know um what it is that they're seeing through that scanner but they're seeing something I mean my pockets are empty my belt is off um that's the only thing I can think is that maybe I'm wearing the underwear that they didn't expect me to wear I really don't know what else they could be looking at. Um, I'm not like wearing a bunch of stuff. Like I'm just, I usually just wear shorts. I wear underwear and shorts over my underwear. Like almost exclusively wear shorts. Um, If I wear pants, they're usually thin. Or if it's like for a reason where I have to wear pants, then I'll wear like chinos or something. But like usually I'm almost exclusively wearing shorts. And... I don't know what it is. (laughs) I don't know what it is. Like, I feel like my shorts, my pants aren't that abnormal from anybody else's. So I'm thinking it's got to be the underwear. Like, I I don't know what else it could be. Like, they always have, they always pick the female to pat me down. So they know that. They know, okay, woman, pat down woman. Like, they've never had, like, a guy, like, come up and then start, like, you know, doing their procedure and then being like, oh, wait, like, like, I've never been like misgendered as a guy at the airport, to my knowledge, anyways. Um, I don't know. I really don't know. Like, I really don't understand. Like, I'm not like mad about it. I just like to know what the heck it is, because <laughs> it is a little weird that it happens all the time. And that's the only thing I can think is that it's the waistband. Um, they're they're looking through a scanner where it's like usually people don't have like a thicker waistband if they're a female. And then I do have one and then they're just like, well, let's just make sure you're not like hiding anything in like, you know, in your in the belt line of, of your like the waist of your shorts like that's the only thing I can think and then they're always like concerned about my pockets or my pockets empty yes my pockets are empty I emptied out all my cargo pockets because I have a billion cargo pockets I know but it's like um I mean they never find anything but I don't know they always kind of like run their finger on the inside of my of my shorts like they're it's not they're not like touching anything like there's nothing going on it's just kind of like weird I'm like and I don't know why I never really thought about it till now but when I was thinking about 
you know, topics that relate to travel and maybe gender related things and then remembered what Irene too said. And then I was like, oh, shoot, like I have this weird thing that happens at the airport all the time. But um, I mean, I don't know, like I dress how I dress. I mean, it it's going to draw some kind of attention. Um, not I mean, I wouldn't expect it to draw security attention, but it's like you know, there's, things come up, things come up, um, and this day and age, I'm curvier than I was before, um, in in my past life, so, and I still somehow get uh, occasionally misgendered, like, I don't, I don't really think I look like a guy, like, I think I, I can, I mean, like, I, yeah, and definitely with the face mask, it's not, like, very clear, um, but I, you know, I, I'm not really trying to really look like a guy. Like, that's not really the intention. Um, I'm not really into, like, high femme looking type of fashion. I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm really into, like, fashion necessarily. I like sneakers. I like fun socks. I like my hats. Um, and more, like, certain style of clothing I like certain designs and colors and stuff but I'm not really too I mean that's about all I would describe if you want to talk fashion that's about all I I would really have to say about it but um yeah um I'm trying to compile topics based on category it is really hard to, um, categorize things, um, but let me see, I'm gonna try to post this stuff in the show notes, I hope it's not too messy, it's gonna be just my kind of shorthand, kind of, um, just like phrases it's not it's not going to be like a full blog post type um at all but um check out those episodes um from Ashley Gavin's we're having gay sex podcast um and f- uh from Irene Two's um TSA um bit that they do uh in their stand up and uh I'm tired so I'm going to stop recording for now because I've almost been recording for 90 minutes and this is exhausting sometimes <laughs> like I have fun with it but it's like I'm literally getting tired um which is a good thing I don't really get tired that often honestly but um, which is bad, that's not good, (laughs) but yeah, like, I'm actually getting a little, a little tired, a little worn, um, in a good way, though, um, but I'll be back on here with more topics, I hope to have more, uh, trans and non-binary, uh, and non-cisgender topics, um, it's just a matter of, um, categorizing some content, uh, I don't know if I have a lot of, uh, personal stories I want to talk about, um, 
like directly right now. Uh, I think I told the ones that are relevant for the for this episode. So with that, uh, thanks for listening.